0: Creative Babble.
1: On August 27, 1980, sometime after 4 a.m., a twin-engine, six-passenger aircraft was attempting to land in heavy fog at a small airport in northern Michigan, just off the coast of Lake Huron. The fog was so dense that during its descent, the aircraft struck the top of some trees, flipped over, and crashed. Everyone on board was dead. Everyone, except for a little 10-year-old boy named Alan.
0: He couldn't understand why. They were upside down still in their seatbelts, his father and the other men. And he couldn't understand why they wouldn't help him.
1: This is Anita Barney. She's Alan's mother.
0: And he keeps thinking, why aren't they helping me? And he he's laid in the plane for eight hours before they could even find the plane.
1: Eventually, the fog cleared and the rescue party began searching for the wreckage. They found Alan, the 10-year-old little boy, badly burned and slipping in and out of consciousness. Alan and his father, Dr. Albert Valco, were on their way to go salmon fishing in Lake Huron. So when Anita Barney got a call from her ex-husband's secretary, she knew something was terribly wrong. She immediately got on a plane and flew from Columbus, Ohio to Michigan to see her son at the hospital.
0: And I walked in and he was, I didn't recognize it. His face was so burned and scratched. And, but they kept asking about daddy, but I couldn't answer him. So finally I went to the doctor and said, you're gonna to have to tell him. He just, he was just a mess. I, I, It was just unbelievable to see this little 10-year-old boy, just a little thing, and it was so sad.
1: I can't even imagine a 10-year-old boy experiencing that kind of tragedy. He was shocked, depressed, broken. After the accident, all Alan could talk about was the plane crash and his father. Nothing could take his mind off of it. His grades were failing. There was nothing Anita could do to make him happy. Then one day, it all changed. There was one new thing on Allen's mind, and it was the day he met his idol, Ohio State University quarterback, Art Schlichter. Art Schlichter was at the peak of his football career when he heard about Allen's accident. A neighbor brought him over to pay Allen a visit.
0: He couldn't believe that his idol from Ohio State, the quarterback, came out to see him personally, and give him all these items. Because he did get my son out of that depression that I felt I owed it to him. And because nothing else was working until Art came in. When I took him to school the next day, he was talking about football and Art meeting Art. He was no longer talking about the plane crash and the principal called to tell me that.
1: Nice guy, right? Well, 30 years later, Arch Schleister will return into Anita's life. Except this time, instead of bringing gifts, he's going to destroy her life. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend Radio. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Ohio State senior Arch
0: Schleister against Stanford's junior, John Elway. There's the place-kicking for
1: OSU, and we're under... In his sophomore year, in 1979, Arch Schliester led the Buckeyes to an undefeated regular season. Schliester goes back to
0: throw it, goes to the secondary receiver.
1: He was unstoppable, but by his junior year, his luck started slipping. He made a series of bad bets and lost thousands gambling on college and professional teams. Despite all that, Art was picked fourth in the 1982 NFL draft by the Colts. While his career was picking up steam, Art was losing more and more money gambling. By mid-season, he blew his entire signing bonus. The gambling spiraled out of control. He continued to play, but his football career was essentially over. Looking back, he's considered one of the biggest draft flops in NFL history his gambling problem got so bad that in 1995, he was sent to prison for 10 years for fraud and writing bad checks. This whole time, Arch is ruining his career and Anita and Alan are watching from a distance. Alan's football hero turned out to be a crook. Eventually, Alan began to walk again and his mother, Anita, married a new man. We were inseparable. He He was my life. His name? is Bob Barney, and he would eventually become the CEO of Wendy's, the popular fast food chain. Bob was basically Dave Thomas's right-hand man. He grew the fast food chain to what we know of it today. While Dave Thomas was the face of Wendy's, Bob was the guy that dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. In fact, he was one of the pioneers of the drive through window. He earned millions. A fortune that allowed him and Anita to travel the world, host lavish dinner parties, and give away millions to charity.
0: We built my mother home. We, had other, we helped other people buy homes. Uh, we bought cars from people, people through college. Um, my husband was very generous, and so was Dave Thomas. Mm. They both knew where they came from, and they didn't forget that. And I was the same way.
1: They lived the perfect life for 23 years until Anita learned she had cancer and had to have an emergency hysterectomy. That was on Monday. On Tuesday, while visiting Anita at the hospital, Bob, her husband, starts complaining that he was in pain. On Thursday, they discharged Anita from the hospital.
0: He came to get me. He said, "I'm oh, my back's still hurting. And I said, "Well, just why don't you go to urgent care? Take me home. And he did. He went to urgent care. They did some x-rays and said, you're going to have to go to the hospital tomorrow for some CAT scans.
1: The next day, Bob goes to the hospital and when he returns home, he sits down and says,
0: Well, I have the big C.
1: Hmm.
0: And I said, oh no, you don't, Bob, don't joke about that. He says, Anita, I do. And uh, he was full of cancer.
1: They hopped on the Wendy's corporate jet and flew him to the hospital in Columbus, Ohio.
0: The following day, they opened him up to do some surgery and closed him right back up because he was full of cancer. So he died three months later. He was trying to teach me so much before he died. And uh, one of the things that you got to make sure the orals are okay in the car and these different things, you know, and how to change a filter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all these different things to do and... Um, it was really sad. We sit at the kitchen table, and we would just hold each other. Yeah. And sitting in the kitchen chairs, we pulled pull real close, and we'd hold each other. And we'd just cry and cry. We couldn't help it. Yeah. And he said to me one time, and I, I love what he said to me. He says, you know what I'm going to miss most? I'm going to miss you so much. And yeah. it was just heartbreaking. When he was dying, he was uh, giving me all these instructions. And one of them was, do not let a man come into your life and take all your money. I says, well, I would never do that. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah. you know, the story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't let a man come into your life and take all your money. I want to stop here and tell you how the story ends. It ends with Anita losing every single penny her husband left her. She lost everything. She didn't even have money to pay her light bill. Remember Art Schliester, the disgraced Ohio State quarterback who went to jail for gambling? Well, he's back and out of jail. And it's been nearly 30 years since he first met Anita. And Alan, her 10-year-old son, is now 40. So, how did it happen? How was Art Schleser able to drain Anita's bank accounts? And most importantly, why did she allow him to do it? Here's how it happened. After prison, Art says he was a new man. In fact, he was campaigning around the state asking people to vote against the legalization of casinos in Ohio. He says, gambling ruins lives. One day, he was speaking at Anita's church promoting his new book. Anita caught up with him after his speech.
0: Art, and I said, you don't remember me, but then I told him who I was. He said, oh, I do remember you now. How is Alan doing? And I says, well, he's doing well, and I'm having a surprise 40th birthday party. Would you like to come? And he said, well, yeah, that would be good. I, I would like to do that and
1: surprise him. Anita gave Art her phone number. A few days later, Art calls and says,
0: I would love to come, but I can't. But he says, I'd like to get together and get caught up on how Alan's doing and everybody's doing. I said, sure, that'd be fine.
1: He shows up at Anita's house with a bag full of Wendy's and they have lunch.
0: And that's how everything started.
1: It didn't take long for Art to make his move. Before they were even done with their sandwich, he was giving Anita a sob story about his daughters.
0: How he'd lost their relationship because he'd been in prison for 10 years. He wanted to reestablish a relationship with them, but he had a problem. So he said, I need a car that will get me to Carmel, Indiana, to establish a relationship with my daughter. So I need about, could I borrow about 10000 Well, I was surprised, believe me, that he even asked. that He, yeah. <laughs> he just met me, and he's asking me for money. And uh, I totally was surprised, but I didn't know what to say. I, I just... I just stammered around and I just, I said, yes.
1: While this may seem like a ridiculous request, Anita had the means. Plus, when her husband Bob was alive, they helped people all the time. Art's promise to repay the loan seems sincere. And for Anita, $10,000 is a drop in the bucket. Why wouldn't she help out the man who brought her 10-year-old son back when nothing else worked?
0: And I just put myself in his place and I remembered my son, how sad he was. So I don't know how to explain it, except it was because he did get my son out of that depression that I felt I owed it to him. And because nothing else was working until Art came in.
1: Art promised to pay back the $10,000 loan within 90 days. In fact, he wrote Anita a post-dated check for $10,000. The next week, he asked to meet Anita again this time he asked her for a hundred thousand dollars he said the money would go to pay off some debts he owed other gamblers he promised to repay the loan with 10 percent interest after thinking about it for a few minutes anita agreed to loan him the money it has now been two years since anita's husband passed away art and anita became quick friends i mean he's charming funny despite his tarnished reputation He's still a local celebrity. And so I think that the next thing that people are going to wonder about, was there a romantic relationship? There was not a romantic relationship. There was the caring. Well, there was this one time after visiting the Columbus Zoo.
0: And just sitting there talking. And then that's when he became aggressive or friendly. uh, And I started to respond.
1: Art? made a move on her.
0: Things didn't work out well. I realized what was going on and I said, I don't know where he travels to.
1: In other words, she doesn't know who he slept with. She said nothing happened. You know, did you trust him?
0: Well, he seemed to be, except for the fact that he had been to
1: prison. Right, he seemed to have like turned that leaf. I mean, he was trying to stop the casinos. He he started going to church. I mean, he seemed like he changed, right?
0: Yes, we all believed every word he said. He he talked about being in prison and how
1: terrible it was. It's been a few months since they reconnected and so far he's borrowed more than $200,000. But he was making small payments towards his debt so she continued to play along. At first, it started out as personal loans but eventually his request became frenzied and demanding. Anita soon lost track of how much money she loaned him. Before she knew it, Most of her money was gone.
0: It wasn't too long when he started getting very aggressive.
1: He said he needed money to repay some really bad people, people who promised to hurt him if he didn't pay back the money.
0: He's screaming at me.
1: This is a real recording of Art and Anita talking on the phone.
0: I'm tired right now. I'll just take take a
1: break and just disappear.
0: Well, that would be I real sweet of you, you for all that I've done for you. do
1: at me. I'm trying to get this done. And you've got to work with me. So I, I never come
0: and say, take money, get money, get money. Nothing like that. I, he felt that I was going to be out of there. Uh, I didn't want to go anywhere because I wanted to get my money back. So I was afraid that he would leave because he used to say, I'm going, if you don't do this, I am going to leave town. You'll never see the money again.
1: So, what was Art doing with all her money? He was gambling it all away in hopes to repay other debts. This is Art talking to authorities. Uh, I pay back all debt? Do you do you think it could is safe to say that you got over a million dollars from Anita borrowing? Probably. Maybe more. The detectives asked him, When all this started with borrowing money from Anita, realistically, did you ever have any intentions of paying her back? Arch Archleister said, "Absolutely, always. I have given her money back. When it started, twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Around this time, what what is the status of your finances like? What what's happening with your bank account now? Because he has you right. Like he 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 keeps asking for money. He keeps paying you a little bit here. But what's happening with your bank account? I I don't have." Much money then. I had to ask him
0: for money to pay the electricity, all the utilities. I was begging for money to pay the taxes because I didn't want to lose my home, and I was begging. So he would have to give me the
1: money pay all those and I don't know where he was getting it but he gave it to me. At any point in time did you say this is getting ridiculous. I had millions of dollars and now I'm struggling to pay the light bill. Like why didn't you just say no at that point? Like what what kept you from from saying no? I just needed
0: my money back. I couldn't hmm. let my family know what had happened and that's what kept me going. That's why I kept I kept thinking I'll just It's gotta gotta end, he's saying it's gonna end.
1: But it would never end. By now, Anita is completely broke. Arch Lister has sucked her bank account dry. You would think at this point, he would move on to his next victim, but he doesn't because what happens next is completely insane. Instead of rebuilding her life, Anita goes from being the victim of his con to an accomplice. What does she do? She starts stealing money from her friends. She rips them off. Here's detectives talking to Art Schleister.
0: Let me ask you this. This, These people um, that
1: she contacted, are these just random people or just- These people she contacted, were they just random people or friends? Art says, they're friends. Friends. I mean, basically take a list of friends and let's call this guy. Was that at your direction or is that who she wanted? The detective asked, was that at your direction or is that something she wanted? In part two of The Gambler, I talked to Anita Barney about taking her friend's money and why she did it and if she's going to face jail time for her crime.
0: This is Hannah from the Filmrose podcast. Hi, I'm Jen. My name is Vanessa. Hi, my name is Stacy, and I listen to Our Americana because it reminds me how important community is, because it tells the stories of people and places in small town America that we'd never get to hear about anywhere else. I love hearing about parts of our country that I didn't even know existed. And the reason I listen to Our Americana is for the stories stories of average Americans, stories that I otherwise may have never heard. I liked hearing about the younger generation moving back home to these small towns or moving out of these big cities because they were so passionate about community. The podcast has definitely inspired me to want to visit America. Despite being such a huge nation, it is clearly the people and communities which give it its heart and soul. Not only is Josh a great narrator, but he's a great listener. He's very good at capturing the essence of people and the essence
1: of a small town.
0: Our Americana changes the way I look at America. It's not just my little town with my little struggles. Josh tells stories I didn't even know I needed to hear and gives small-town America a platform to shine.
1: Hello and welcome to a promo for Blood on the Rocks, a podcast on all things creepy, morbid or otherwise dark. I'm your host, Akshay Taylor. Join me and various guest hosts as we cover a whole load of subjects. We'll show you the world of serial killers, accidents, hauntings, black metal and more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher and all those other fancy podcast platforms. Our and content may vary.
0: Creative Babble